This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. IS Friday morning, time for us to chat with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Center. Once again, still busy, still lots going on over in Victoria. Good morning, Vaughn. And good morning, Simeon. Welcome to day eight of David Eby's 100 Days of Action. So yeah. yes, it's busy. It is busy. So you've got a financial update coming nine o'clock this morning. Yeah, and it's due to have a good financial update. This is the second quarterly update, if you keep track of these things. But basically, Finance Minister Selena Robinson telling us how it's going with provincial finances, just in time for her to tell us whether or not uh, David Eby's first week worth of promises are affordable. So the rough tally is he's announced about a billion two worth of financial commitments that are new. And are they affordable? He says they are. I can't imagine she'll contradict him on that issue. Uh, The British Columbia economy is still growing ahead of expectations where we were in the pandemic and the budget last time when she reported in is still in surplus. So, yes, I think they can probably afford the promises. Uh, The day may come when we can't, but we're not there yet. Why do I feel like today it's also going to be a lot more money than we thought there was? Because I'm sure they have been kind of putting things aside for this. Yeah, you know, that's interesting, Simi. Way back in uh, September when Robinson did the first quarter update for the year, she said, oh, and by the way, she indicated that there was maybe $2 billion in contingencies that were not committed yet. And she said, well, those would be available for a new premier who came along. So, yeah, she's actually budgeted for more promises to come. Look, I I think it's now pretty obvious that around about the time that John Horgan announced he was leaving, the New Democrats started to put things on hold or sideline them or push them aside for the next premier to have some good news to announce. So I think that's what's been going on. And you can argue that, well, it meant that some things the government was doing were on hold for a few months. But from the point of view of Premier David Eby, if he he's the one who promised 100 days of action, he needs money to carry that out. And I think the money's there. It may, what else made me think of that, though, was what happened in Alberta this week with that huge bag of goodies that yeah. Premier Dan- Danielle Smith had out there. And I thought, you know what, if Alberta's going like that, I'm pretty sure we're going to get something like that, too. Yeah, you're right, Simeon. I'm not a huge fan of the current federal government, but I do sympathize with the, the finance minister, Freeland, when she's being bombarded with demands from Canadian provinces to provide more money for health care. And she's noting that, you know, some of these provinces are handing out a lot of cash to their yeah. voters. And British Columbia and Alberta, their finances are in really good shape. That's not true with every province in Canada. But most of the provinces are in better financial shape than the federal government. So it is a bit two-faced to be asking Ottawa for more money to pay for health care, while at the same time you're writing checks for other priorities. All right. The other issue we're talking about, too, is the B.C. housing situation. 
Yes. So yesterday, the Premier's office released the terms of reference for the forensic audit that is ongoing of BC Housing. So this is important because the forensic audit was ordered by David Eby back when he was housing minister before he stepped down in July, but he only told us about it in the legislature this week. So this forensic audit has been going on, well, since July, and the terms of reference, even though there are some parts of it blanked out, pretty serious stuff, I mean... By definition, a forensic audit deals with uh, things like fraud and misappropriation of funds and all that. They're saying they don't have any evidence of that yet, but they're looking pretty seriously into BC Housing and its relationship with an unnamed society, uh, trying to make sure that the money that BC Housing is spending, that's a lot, is actually being spent on housing. And they also want an audit on how much money the taxpayers have lost on some of these investments. So it's serious stuff, Simi. Yeah, and it also sounds like they've known for a long time that there are some issues here that need to be dealt with, but they haven't said anything. Oh, yeah. So I went back and read the transcript of your interview with David Eby back on July 15th. So you interviewed him right after he fired the board of BC Housing. And you asked him, what was this all about? And he said, no, no, it's not about wrongdoing at BC Housing. It's just a change of direction. And you asked him, well, were these people fired? And he said, oh, no, no, they weren't fired. They were pushed out, which is Not much of a distinction in my view. But yeah, way back then, he appointed senior uh, experienced government managers and a deputy auditor general, former deputy auditor general, to take charge of the board at BC Housing. It was a sign of something seriously wrong there. And we now know that it was so serious that EB ordered a forensic audit without telling us that he'd done it. He only disclosed that in the legislature this week, in the circumstances are, we're in question period this week. The B.C. Liberals have gotten their hands on evidence of more problems at B.C. housing. They call for an audit of B.C. housing, and E.B. gets up and says, well, actually, we're doing one of those. Wow. Yeah. Who knew? Uh, So, I I mean, E.B.'s, look, if you're looking at the pattern, Simi, of how David E.B. handles things, He ordered a review of B.C. housing, didn't tell the public he was doing it. This is back in a year ago. That report came in and indicated serious problems at B.C. housing. He released the report quietly, just posted it on the Canada Day long weekend. A few days later, he replaced the board, pushed out, at BC Housing. He did that at 7 p.m. on a Friday evening. He then goes on to the next week, orders a forensic audit, doesn't tell anybody, and then he steps down as housing minister to seek the NDP leadership. So there's a pattern of evasion here and secrecy, which I don't find very flattering to the way David Eby manages things. Exactly. And I'm, I look back now and I think, how bad must the situation have been, like whatever it was that they found out or were concerned about, that they would do all this on the eve of his running for the leadership? Yes. Because clearly he wouldn't have wanted to deal with that at that point, but it must have been something so 
big that they just had to deal with it at that time. Uh, yeah, I think you're quite right. I think this is this look, BC housing is spending more than two billion dollars a year. Under the Liberals is a relatively small organization that did some social housing. The New Democrats have gone into this in a big way. And from the evidence we've seen so far, while they updated it the amount of cash flowing through it, they did not uh, bring in proper financial controls. I mean, the, the first review found, Simi, things like uh, they couldn't find any ra- rationale for this particular housing grant. Um, where there were records at all, they were handwritten. You had a board made up of very well-meaning housing activists, but they've been replaced with managers and an accountant. So, yes, I think you're right. Um, this It was a serious situation, so, yes, this week, EB is asked, okay, so now you've launched this forensic audit. When do we hear about it? And he said, well, we'll hear about it in the new year, and we'll release the information to the degree that we can. The Comptroller General's office, which uh, commissioned Ernst & Young to do this audit, they said, we're not aware of any criminal wrongdoing at this point, but if we find any, it'll be passed on to law enforcement. So this is an unfolding story, yeah. Simi. We don't know the name of the society that's linked up in this, but it's mentioned, unnamed, in the terms of reference for the audit. But we don't know the name, although, you know, presumably it's one of these organizations that's been getting some of this $2 billion. Yeah, more to come. All right, Vaughn, thank you. Bye-bye, Simi.